Hello and welcome back to the podcast, two Steelers fans in a pro football world. I am Zach. And I am Dill. And we are here to bring you all NFL, XFL, and USFL news from a Steelers fan's perspective, so focusing on Pittsburgh as our focal point. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Now, we got a lot to break down this week. First things first, the NFL schedule was released just a couple days ago, so we're going to take a look at that, see how we think the Steelers are going to fare this year. After that, we got some uh, news coming in about the Steelers and some former players, including Big Ben and Antonio Brown, so we're going to break all that down. Uh, Some free agent signings for the Steelers as well, so we'll break that down, give you our thoughts, and see how we think those free agents are going to fare in our system. And we also have some USFL news that we can finally break down with the Pittsburgh Maulers getting their first win this week. So, we got a lot of exciting things for you, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, it should be a good episode. Yeah, so first we are going to start off with our schedule. So as most of you know, the schedule for the NFL was recently dropped for all teams in the NFL. So today we are going to go over our thoughts on our schedule, what we think will be big games, what we think uh, should be big wins. So Dill, would you like to get us into our schedule here? That's right. Now, as Zach uh, just led me into, I am going to be reading off the schedule just so that we can get everyone uh, fresh up to speed so that whenever we give our opinions on the games, you'll know what we're talking about. So, the first game of the NFL season for the Pittsburgh Steelers, they will go to Paul Brown Stadium to take on the Cincinnati Bengals. Week 2, our home opener, the Patriots come to town to play the Pittsburgh Steelers. Week 3, we go to Cleveland to take on the Browns. Week 4, the Jets will come here to play us. Week 5, we're going to go up to New York to take on the Buffalo Bills. Week 6, the Buccaneers will come to Heinz Field to play us. Week 7, we're going to Hard Rock Stadium to take on the Dolphins. Week 8, we're going across the state to take on our state rivals in the Philadelphia Eagles. Week 9 is our bye week, and Week 10, we open with a home game against the Saints. Week 11, we continue our home stretch with the Bengals coming to town. Week 12, we travel to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. Week 13, we're going down to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. Week 14, our first game against the Ravens is at Heinz Field. Week 15, we go to Carolina to take on the Panthers. Week 16, we play the Raiders at Heinz Field on the anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Should be a good game. Week 17, we're going to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. And our final game of the season will include the Browns coming to Pittsburgh to take us on. So, a lot to unpack in this schedule, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Zach, what do you think about the schedule? Uh, I definitely think it's, you know, good schedule, but... I was def- or I was looking at some of the schedule breakdowns uh, from the NFL, and we are in the top half when it comes to hardest schedules again this year, which, you know, Steelers always seem to get one of the hardest schedules. But I will say, last year we did have the hardest schedule in the league, and we were the only team in the last five years, at least uh, based off a stat that I saw recently, that went to the playoffs even though we had the hardest schedule. So I do believe with a hard schedule, we can make it work, make another run to the playoffs. It's all going to come down to how our young offense uh, and young players on the defense adjust to the NFL. But it should be a very interesting season, and I'm very excited to see how they handle themselves. Yeah, the first big game that I want to talk about is our home opener against the New England Patriots. Now, we haven't played them any or either of the last two seasons. Uh, we haven't played them since 2019. And, you know, that that was kind of shocking for Steelers fans. You know, since Tom Brady left New England, we haven't played them yet. And, you know, when Tom Brady was in New England, that was like an annual thing. Uh, generally, we played them pretty much every year. The years that we didn't play them, 
most often we play them in the playoffs, so we still had a chance to play the Patriots every year. And to Steelers fans, that was basically a division rival that you only played once a year. So I really think that, you know, bringing them back to Pittsburgh, getting that rivalry going a little bit, even though I truly think it won't be as big of a rivalry as it was with Tom Brady, having those two Hall of Fame quarterbacks going at it with uh, Brady and Big Ben. I do believe that, you know, rivalry animosity between the Patriots and the Steelers, that'll come up, especially since it's our home opener in Pittsburgh. And uh, I think that's going to be a really good game, especially, you know, seeing two very young quarterbacks. Mac Jones will be in his sophomore season. Kenny Pickett, though we don't know if he'll be starting that game, he still will be on the team. There's still a chance he could start, you know, possibly seeing two very young quarterbacks going at it in the, you know, high-flying offensive game uh, that I think, you know, could be very interesting to watch. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. Um, And I think that uh, I'm going to go with the assumption here as I go into this game that Kenny Pickett's going to be the starter for that game because I think that looking at the two quarterbacks – I just think that Kenny Pickett has the higher upside, and I feel like Mitch Trubisky has kind of already had his chance. I So my personal opinion is that he won't be the starter for this game. I think that by then Kenny Pickett will be in charge. Even though it will only be week two, I think Kenny Pickett will be heading the offense. So uh, just that uh, pretext, I, I think that Kenny Pickett will be the starter going into this game. I think this could be the opportunity to birth a new rivalry between the Patriots and the Steelers because I know, as you mentioned, you know when Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger were going at each other, I mean... You had two of the greatest quarterbacks who ever played the game going at each other, you know, gunslinging, high-scoring games, tough defensive battles, and it usually came down to the last drive to see who would win. I say usually if anyone remembers that 2019 game. Uh, But regardless of that, it's a new era for both franchises, really. I mean, Mac Jones, like you mentioned, going into his sophomore season, and Kenny Pickett in his rookie year. I think that the Steelers and the Patriots, even though we haven't played each other, that's still a rivalry. Like, I know here in Pittsburgh, if you're talking about the Patriots, you'll, you know, probably three or four Steelers fans will rise out of the ground like poltergeist and say, what did you say? So, you know, we here in Pittsburgh really hate the Patriots. I'm not really sure how you folks up in New England feel, but I feel like in general, these two franchises still have bad blood between each other. And I know you mentioned this as well. You made a good comparison when you said it was like playing a division rival once a year. So even though the offenses have changed and even the defenses have changed a lot, I think that that sort of division rivalry type feel is still going to be present. It's just going to be sort of like reshaping and restructuring as opposed to like creating a whole new thing. Yeah, I totally agree. And also just having this game again, being our home opener, being one of the first games of the year, I think is really interesting because, you know, you're coming into this game fresh. You won't have other games to compare it to. You won't have a ton of film to study. It's just going to be coming out here and playing what you see. And I think that's just the best way to do this kind of rivalry, especially the fact that we haven't played each other for a while. I think just coming out of here, you know, really not having much in the last couple of years to compare it to and just going at it fresh beginning of the season. I think it's going to, like you said, you know, start up something new that's going to make all that bad blood start to boil again. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. And I'm going to move away from that game, actually, and I'm going to move into one of the other key points in that I think is in the schedule. So we've got a four-game stretch where we play in Buffalo, where the Buccaneers come to Heinz Field, where we go to Miami, play the Dolphins, and where we go to Philadelphia, play the Eagles. That's a tough four-game stretch, I feel like. And I know some people thinking, like, oh, the Dolphins are in there, you know, they're mid at best. And that may have been true for past years, but you got to remember, you know, Granted, they don't have Brian Flores, who really helped that defense. Uh, I'm glad he's with the Steelers now, obviously, but Brian Flores was a big part of why that team really, they really did do well. 
I still don't know why they fired him, but that's beside the point. They also picked up Tyreek Hill in the offseason. Now, there's not a lot of guys in the league where you pick up you pick up this guy and your whole team has changed. Tyreek Hill is one of those guys. And I know for someone like Tua Tungavailoa, who has struggled as a starter, I think that having a weapon like Tyreek Hill, where he can you know, just throw the ball downfield and like, you know what, he's down there somewhere, he'll probably come up with the ball. That is huge for him. So that's by no means going to be an easy game like some people would think. But I think that looking at the other three games in the stretch, again, the Bills, the Buccaneers, and the Eagles, I mean, the Bills, obviously one of the best teams in the AFC. That's going to be a challenge in itself. We did beat them last year, but I would argue that that was more of dumb luck and having it be the first game of the season than actual skill. But regardless, we escaped with the win. Could we repeat that? We could. Again, it really all depends on the quarterback play and how the offense adapts to this new system. And then immediately after Buffalo, we play the Buccaneers, which, you know, again, Pittsburgh, we hate Tom Brady. Of course, he came back to haunt us. But I think that the Buccaneers are going to be a tough team to play with Brady, with Godwin, with Mike Evans, and with all these other guys on their team. Their defense did take a bit of a hit this year, uh, losing Jordan Whitehead, and I know there's been some controversy with Ndamukong Sue. Uh, so it may not be as as difficult of a game as uh, I would think right now. But regardless, even if you lose those two guys, it's still going to be a tough game to play because the Buccaneers are a really good team. And uh, the final game in that four-game stretch is against the Eagles, who have been up and down, admittedly, these last few seasons. But I think that Jalen Hurts is really starting to rally this offense, and he's starting to like rein in the team and get everyone organized and focused. So I personally think that the Eagles are going to be one of the better teams in the league this year. So this is another game that's... You know, I think the Eagles bear a lot of resemblance to the Dolphins in that, like, they haven't exactly been a laughing stock, like someone like Cleveland or Detroit or something like that, but you can't exactly step over them either. Like, that's not just something that you can brush right off. Like, they're going to give you some trouble. And I think that both of those teams can really make some noise this year. So looking at the stretch as a whole with these four teams, I think if the Steelers can win two out of four of these games, or even three out of four of these games, then I think that that's a massive win for them because... Even though two of those teams are in the NFC, getting two of these wins against AFC teams, obviously in the Bills and the Dolphins, would be huge. But that's where I think that that key third game is. So when I mentioned winning three out of the four games would be huge. Because both the Eagles and the Buccaneers are going to be good teams this year. So I think that if you can just edge one of those teams out, even if you just get it off of dumb luck like we did with the Bills last year, that could be huge because it's... That's, that is how playoff teams are made, if you really think about it, is escaping with these Ws that you weren't supposed to get. So I think that this four-game stretch is where we're going to have to secure one of those Ws that we escape with. I think that winning two of these games is definitely doable, but I think if the Steelers want to be a playoff team, they're going to have to win three. I totally agree, and I think another thing that this uh, four-game stretch can do for us is if we can escape with those two, three wins, uh, like you were mentioning, that momentum, you know, that's another thing you were getting at with beating one of these NFC teams, even though it's not as big of a deal as beating these AFC teams. Big thing that propels a lot of teams to the playoffs is momentum. And I think beating some of these bigger teams uh, and the Dolphins will be a primetime game. I think beating some of these teams uh, in this stretch is definitely going to be important. Hopefully we can start out with that win. So we go into this four game stretch with that momentum but yeah no that's going to be definitely a good stretch to look out for and one that you know we'll we'll get a lot of Steelers hearts pumping and probably not let them have a lot of sleep at night but you know it's it's going to be a good month to watch some good Steelers football uh after the bye week 
that's where you go into the Saints. And this is going to be, you know, the start of another pretty good stretch here. Uh, Bengals, Colts, and Saints. Saints will be coming to Heinz Field immediately after the bye week. Something interesting about this game is I remember reading a stat recently that Mike Tomlin has actually never beat the Saints. He's beat every other team in the NFL except the Saints. And I hope that's not weighing on his mind, but, you know, that's always something to think about is those, you know, weird stats in the NFL that, you know, actually hold some regard in the minds of coaches and players. So I think that's something to look out for is that this could be a big game. Uh, but the Saints have been bashed a little bit, saying that, you know, some people think that they're overrated after the draft. Some people think that they're going to be a major playoff contender. I think, again, like most teams, it comes down to quarterback play. It comes back down to whether Jameis Winston is their guy that they want to go for, uh, whether they end up, you know, bringing somebody else. They've already said that uh, Taysom Hill will be focusing on his tight end position. So he will not be uh, at least a go-to quarterback. Probably, you know, if they have enough injury that they have to deal with, you know, uh, hopefully they don't because they never want to wish injury on anyone. But hopefully they don't. But if they do, Taysom Hill might be just, you know, another backup in there. But he's not going to be a starter for them. So I think, again, like most teams, it comes down to quarterback play. Uh, but if we can stop their offense and just allow our offense to get enough points past that stout defense of theirs, I think that's going to be important. So it's definitely going to be a defensive game. Bengals, you know, we haven't really talked about our rivals in this too much yet. Bengals are going to be our hardest rival this year, I predict. Uh, you know, they made it to the Super Bowl last year. They still have Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, uh, Tyler Boyd, uh, Joe Mixon. Their major offense is all still there, all still intact. And you've got to watch out for that. But one of our biggest problems last year was our secondary, and I think we've done a really good job building that up, bringing in DeMonte KZ, Levi Wallace, uh, re-signing Terrell Edmonds, Akella Witherspoon. You know, our secondary is definitely a lot better. Are they enough to, you know, keep up with people like Jamar Chase, T. Higgins? I don't know. We haven't seen them, you know, in the Steelers uh, organization yet. We haven't really seen how they work. But I really think they've got an opportunity to, you know, make a big splash in our Bengals games. And, of course, we start off the season against the Bengals. So I think that could also dictate where this game goes. You know, whoever gets the opening season momentum in that first game, uh, it's definitely going to be interesting. But I do love that Bengals-Steelers in the middle of the season is a primetime game. So that's going to be a fun one to watch. Uh, last is Steelers and Colts. Now, Colts, you know, their offense last year was tricky. Uh, they had Jonathan Taylor, who, you know, after Derrick Henry, probably the best running back in the league. Very close to cracking 2,000. He got 1,800 yards last year, which was very impressive. So uh, I really think that that's going to be another interesting game. If we can stop the run, then I think we have a very good shot. Uh, but that will actually be two primetime games in a row. So we'll have an 820 game against the Bengals, 815 game the following week against the Colts. So that's going to be... Very interesting to see if we can stop that Colts offense with new quarterback, uh, with Matt Ryan, you know, who was amazing in Atlanta. So let's see if he can do anything with the Colts. Uh, I think the biggest thing is, you know, limiting Matt Ryan because their wide receivers aren't the best. You know, uh, Michael Pittman was doing all right last year. Uh, T.Y. Hilton was actually mostly injured. So if we can you know, cut off that, you know, mediocre to decently good wide receiver core uh, and only have to focus on Jonathan Taylor, I think we have a much better chance against the Colts. But yeah, I mean, again, that's maybe not as big 
of a stretch as our earlier games, but that's definitely a stretch that you have to look out for. And be a game that I think we really want to get into is, of course, you know, the game of the year. Steelers in Pittsburgh on Christmas Eve, primetime game on the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Now, to be fair, it is the day after the Immaculate Reception was originally, but, you know, one day off, it's, it's still basically the anniversary. This is as close they could get as keeping it within the legal schedule of the NFL, and I think this is going to be one of the best games of the year, if not the best game of the year for Steelers fans. What do you think, though? Uh, you know, I, I'm going to have to agree with you there. I mean, we've got some really good games on this schedule. Uh, Sunday Night Football against the Bengals and uh, playing Cleveland on mon uh, Monday Night Week 3 and also playing the Patriots Week 2, our home opener. So those are some other games that I think could be potential uh, good games for the year for the Steelers. But I think that this Raiders game is probably going to be – I tend to agree with you. I think this game is going to be the best of the year because for these two teams, it represents more than just – an AFC game. You know, it represents more than just December football. It represents more than just, you know, maybe one of these two teams is fighting for a playoff spot, or maybe they're both fighting for a playoff spot. I think this game represents a lot of what both of these franchises have been made of. You know, the Immaculate Reception is what birthed the Steelers that we know today. The Immaculate Reception is what made the Steelers the Steelers. And the Raiders, obviously being on the other side of that, are, they're still salty about it if you talk to most Raiders fans. They'll tell you, oh, the ball hit the ground and, you know, other stuff that psychopaths say. So, you know, there's obviously bad blood there. But I think that the anniversary on Christmas Eve, and that's something else that I want to mention. I know Zach said it's one day off from the actual anniversary. They moved it to Christmas Eve at a, at a primetime game. So could you really complain about it being a day off? So... I think that this definitely has the potential to be the best game of the year for the Steelers. And I also think that this has the potential to be the best game of the year in the entire NFL. But yeah. uh, that's just about all we have to cover for the schedule. Uh, we covered some high points, and uh, I think we covered a lot of things that we think the Steelers are going to need to do in order to have a successful season. So I think we're going to move away from that, and we're going to move into some of the offseason moves that have uh, been at the Steelers. Obviously some free agent signings and... Uh, some animosity between the organization and some former uh, players. What do you think about this, Zach? Yeah, so the first thing we want to get into this offseason real quick is uh, supposed bad blood between Big Ben and Steelers organization. Now, Jerry Dulac, who keeps, you know, very close tabs on the Steelers, uh, he's, you know, in and out of the training camp and uh, just workouts, just talking to players, talking to coaches. Basically, any Steelers news coming from the players and coaches themselves this man's going to find out. He was uh, doing an interview, uh, you know, some asking him questions, kind of, you know, just about the offseason, about things that are going on with the Steelers organization. One of the questions he was asked by fans was, was there animosity? Was there bad blood between us uh, and Big Ben? Was Big Ben forced out of Pittsburgh? And Jerry said that, yeah, he was, you know, at least partially forced out of Pittsburgh. Uh said that, you know, he wouldn't pull a Tom Brady, he wouldn't unretire, and one of the biggest reasons for that was because the GM and the coach didn't want him back. And, you know, I really thought that was interesting. You know, I Mike Tomlin is the player's coach. You know, if Big Ben really wanted to come back, I don't see why Mike Tomlin wouldn't let him. I mean, Mike and Ben have been great friends for a while. Uh, Mike was there when... Or, 
Ben was drafted, one of the people that, you know, really uh, helped to bring him in. Uh, so was Kevin Colbert. So, you know, it's hard for me to believe that they would really run him out like that. But, you know, from what he's saying, from what other reports are saying, I, I think that's the case. Uh, but Jerry went on to say in his report that, you know, I think there's some animosity right now. I think Ben would have liked to play a couple more seasons. But I think ultimately it's not going to be considered full-on bad blood, uh, but just more of, you know, some annoyance right now and maybe them just not being on very good speaking terms. But, yeah, I definitely think the biggest thing to take away from this is Ben isn't necessarily happy with the organization, but we did see with uh, recent reports from Kenny Pickett and from Ben that Ben will still be supporting the players. He'll be supporting the team. Uh, anything that Kenny Pickett would need throughout the season, he said that uh, he can ask Ben all the questions that he wants. Uh, and Kenny Pickett even said that uh, Big Ben will be a resource that he'll be going to in the next months a lot. So the fact that even, you know, though Ben possibly has some bad blood there, you know, might not be speaking with the management, uh, might be kind of annoyed. He's still coming back. He's still going to be supporting these players, these young players, rookies on the team. And uh, he's still going to be a part of the Steelers organization. So I really like that about him. I, I've always said that I really think that Big Ben's a stand-up guy. And uh, I think, you know, coming back and supporting the team is definitely the best way to handle all of this. You, again, even if he doesn't like the coaches, the players, you know, didn't harm him at all. So coming back and helping them is a big, big deal. A Cleveland fan that cringed when he said Ben was a stand-up guy needs to immediately remember that they have Deshaun Watson on their team. Now that I've said that, you know, I tend to agree with you in a lot of regards to what you just said, but I think that what's something that's really important about this Ben Roethlisberger report, for the fans at least, is to not really read too much into it. I mean, obviously it sucks if a former player is not happy with the organization, but you got to remember something. Even though Mike Tomlin is a player's coach, as many people have said, people both outside and inside the locker room, there also has to be a point where you do what's best for the organization. And I think that even if Ben had wanted to come back for another season, the question has to resonate in the minds of the coach and the GM and the owners and all of these things. If he comes back, is that going to be what's best for the team? And I think that watching him play last year, it was pretty obvious that if he wanted to come back for another season, that wasn't going to be what was best for the team. So I think that if they forced him out of Pittsburgh, it probably wasn't so much of a force as much of like a gentle nudge, like, Come on, Ben, you know, you did, you did enough for us. We don't need you anymore, we promise. So I don't think that it's as uh, violent or tension-filled as the media would portray it. But um, even if he is mad at the organization, at the end of the day, again, it doesn't really matter in terms of the organization because we know that he is reaching out to Kenny Pickett. He's reaching out to all these rookies and incoming players, just welcoming them to the organization. So does it suck? Yes. Is it important on the grand scheme of things? Probably not. So... That's about all we have to cover for Big Ben Roethlisberger. The other big news that dropped today was an old friend of ours, Mr. Antonio Brown, came out and said on Twitter, because somehow he hasn't been banned from that website yet, that he wants to retire a Steeler. He later came back and said that he wanted to specifically retire a Steeler, not play another snap for the Steelers. You know, when I first saw this, I'm going to be completely honest, I thought it was a joke. I thought he was trolling the organization, and I thought he was being a jerk. Then he came and specified he wanted to retire a Steeler, not play for them. And I was like, he really meant that garbage. I think that um, if he wants to retire a Steeler, that's great. 
Good for him. No one's giving him another dollar from this city. We practically ran him out after he trashed the entire organization and drugged Mike Tomlin through the dirt. I hope he never comes back to Pittsburgh. I don't want anything to do with that man. Was he good when he played for us? Yes. Did he have a lot of touchdowns and almost win MVP for the league? Absolutely he did. Did he also try to burn the city down on his way out? Maybe not the city, but the organization? Yes, he also did that. Why would you want someone like that back? Now, I don't think that the organization is taking what he said seriously in terms of like, they're not going to sign him back to the team just so he can retire a Steeler. They're not, they're not the Browns or the Lions or the Texans. Or they're the not, Browns. Or the Browns. They're not dumb. They won't do that. However, I, I think that it's interesting that he would even say that after he ran himself out of the city and basically trashed everyone within the organization on his way out. Also, considering his track record with other teams, do you really want to be affiliated with that? Even if you just sign him on and he retires immediately, do you really want to be affiliated with something like that? I don't know. For me personally, it doesn't seem worth it. <laughs> Even if we sign him to a $1 contract and he retired three seconds later, I, I don't think it's worth it. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, I think I honestly agree with a lot that you said. I think AB is somebody that, you know... I've always considered a great player, but, you know, I just wish he honestly retired a year before he left the Steelers. So that way, you know, we didn't have to deal with him going off the rails because I, I definitely agree. He was one of the best players to ever play for the Steelers player wise people. I mean, we've seen what he's done to organizations like the Raiders, the Patriots. I mean, he trashed the Raiders organization and, uh, you know, honestly, locker room, because he, you know, destroyed some property there so badly that at, within a couple months of being signed, he was let go from the team. For that, AB has tarnished his reputation so badly in the NFL that there's very little reason to bring him back. The only thing that I would consider decent about this is the fact that he respected or was able to somewhat look back on his life and say to himself that, you know, I respected my time here enough that I want to retire a Steeler. At least I'm hoping that's kind of the reason why he put this out there and that he truly wants to retire a Steeler because he respects the organization. But again, with some of the things that he said when he left, I don't know if I truly believe that. But going into our last thing for Steelers offseason uh, from this past week is... The signing of Trent Scott. Now, Trent Scott was an offensive lineman from the Carolina Panthers. Uh, he also played for the L.A. Chargers. And, uh, you know, I really think this is a great pickup. Obviously, we've needed O-line. We didn't do anything with O-line in the draft, which some people, including us, were a little bit annoyed about. But, you know, we've done a decent amount in the uh, offseason when it comes to free agency to worry about O-line. But again, some of us didn't really think it was enough. And then we brought in Trent Scott, and I'm like, I think this is really good. Uh, he's 6'5", 350 pounds, I believe. And um, that's, you know, that's definitely good size for a lineman. You definitely want those big, strong guys up front protecting your quarterback. Uh, another big thing about him is that Last year, he only allowed one sack on a very porous Carolina O-line, and he played 14 games with them. So that might not be the whole season, but that's a significant chunk of the season. And the thing is, is when you're on an O-line that's that bad, that allows that many sacks, you only allowing one is actually very 
good because when that means when the entire line is collapsing around you, you're still able to stand up tall and block your guy and make sure your quarterback doesn't get sacked by the guy that you're supposed to guard. So I truly believe that he could be a big asset for our team. He's only been getting better with age the last three seasons. Uh, so his last season with L.A. in uh, 2019, he allowed five sacks. Uh, in 2020, he allowed three. And in 2021, he allowed one. So, you know, only getting better with age. Hopefully this coming year with the Steelers, he doesn't allow any and continues his, you know, streak of lower sack numbers. But I truly believe he could be a great asset. And just, just a little fun fact in there. Did play a defensive snap for the Panthers, or maybe a couple, and got a defensive tackle out of there. So, you know, he's a multi-asseted man right there that, you know, could could be used in other things. So, you know, it's always nice to get those guys with a pretty good tool belt in there. What do you think, Dill? You know, I think this was a good pickup for the Steelers. I mean, obviously, I appreciate any offensive line help that they can get with an unproven offensive line. And I think to have someone who is definitely on the rise in terms of his career, obviously, you mentioned the sack count going down uh, across the season. Sacks that he allowed, I should specify. But, um, you know, I think some, getting someone like that is a good pickup because he can be someone who anchors the O-line and maybe gives some stability to uh, region of the team that hasn't really had a lot of that in the last couple of years. It's more, more and more guys are retiring and leaving in free agency and whatnot. Uh, but that's going to take us to the end of our Steelers segment of the podcast. We're going to move into some USFL news uh, that we finally have this week. Uh, the USFL's Pittsburgh Maulers registered their first win of the season. Now, I might see the Pittsburgh Maulers get this win because I know they've had a couple demoralizing defeats obviously getting blown out by the Michigan Panthers, who are arguably the worst team in the league. Uh, obviously, the Maulers are up there in conversation for the worst team in the league. But, you know, getting blown out 24 nothing, getting shut out and blown out at the same time is not pretty. But to be able to come off of that and beat a team in the Houston Gamblers, who had also been struggling, their three losses have been in the, on the last drive of the game. So it was nice to inflict some more pain in Houston and uh, bring the Maulers up a little bit. Uh, what do you think, Zach? Yeah, I think definitely, you know, beating them on the last drive of the game uh, was definitely a big, you know, confidence booster for this team. Also, just, you know, a big uh, momentum shift, you know, before this, we were 0-4. And uh, I think getting that win there, especially on final play of the game uh, with a touchdown pass wasn't, you know, final play of the game, like field goal or anything. It was third and five, four seconds left. Uh, quick touchdown pass fell basically at the goal line so you know even still close touchdown pass it was it was a thrilling victory of a game and uh, I think that's you know something that could give us enough momentum to go on a possible win streak and who knows the Maulers could actually turn into a respectable team by the end of the season after the momentum shift of this first win uh, yeah, I tend to agree with you on that, uh, Zach. And, speak uh, and speaking of Zach, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to move into our final segment of the podcast, Zach's Hot Take for the Week. Zach, what do you have for us? All right, Hot Take for the Week. Going back to the schedule of the Pittsburgh Steelers, I believe that we will beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, again, I'm a diehard Steelers fan. I go into most weeks thinking we are going to beat this team because that's just how I like to think. But taking a step back, looking at things reasonably, you know, there's some teams that, you know, because, you know, any given Sunday, but you're not going to bet on it. But one that I would bet on is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Some reasons why is, you know, 
Tom Brady's getting up there in age, and people have been saying this for a while, and then everybody else who's Tom Brady's fans, I don't know why, but you're Tom Brady fans, but you know, yeah. So, other Tom Brady fans, <clears throat> you know, they will say that, well, years he's been getting old, but he's still, you know, winning Super Bowls and all that, and I'm like, well, yeah, so, I mean, he has good defenses, what do you want? But, you know, I could get into that argument another day. Big thing, though, is that if you look at last season... The more pressure that Tom Brady had, the less production he had in that game. And that's a you know normal correlation, but he had significantly less production. I mean, the more sacks he got on, more turnovers. That's why the Saints were able to get so many turnovers and actually win both of those games in the regular season against Tampa Bay is because of the amount of pressure they brought on Tom Brady. Uh, and, you know, that's our defense's biggest thing right now is our pressure. Uh, the last five seasons, we have led the league in sacks. You know, obviously this year we're going in with the mentality that we're going to do it again. Again, it's the NFL. You never know. But we're going in with that mentality. We have that ability. Still having Cam Hayward, adding Demarcus Leal, having, you know, the sacks leader for the last two years, TJ Watt, former defensive player of the year. Uh, you know, probably the best defensive player in the NFL right now arguably Aaron Donald is up there but again one of the best you know our defense when it comes to sacks is one of the best and if we can get all or a ton of that pressure on Tom Brady I think that's going to make the biggest difference and I think that's why we're going to win this game but you also have to acknowledge you know what Dylan mentioned earlier uh, when we were going over this uh, game a part of or as a part of the uh, schedule segment they did lose some players on defense. You know, there's uh, some controversy going around with Nagami Su. Uh, there's also, you know, the loss of Jordan Whitehead in a uh, young offense can, you know, take advantage of that. And we can get the win that I predict that we will have. So that is it for my hot take today. And that is it for our podcast for this week. Uh, again, remember, we will be uploading every Thursday uh, before the Thursday night games when the season comes on. So... Uh, check out our podcast for all of the NFL, USFL, and XFL news every Thursday. And we are going to end our podcast the way that Steelers end every day. Here, Here we, we go, go Steelers. Steelers.